Anyone know what that is? That's music to my ears. That's another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling shirts or sandals, start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build relationships that will keep them coming back. Shopify covers all the sales channels to successfully grow your business, from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is here to help you succeed every step of the way. It's how every minute, new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify. And you can do it too. I love how Shopify makes it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere. Whether they're eBooks or earrings, Shopify simplifies starting and running your own successful business. When you're ready to take your idea to the world, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Now it's your turn to try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. So sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite. Go to shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite, to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash c-suite. Are you a woman who's ready to excel in her career and her life? Are you ready to be a professional saleswoman by using your inherent qualities? Are you a woman who wants to be better prepared for a leadership position? Then you're in the right place. Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman. It's about women in business, work-life balance, leadership, and current events related to gender communications. Be prepared to be inspired, motivated, and challenged. Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman is your connection to women nationally, internationally, and globally. So get comfy and see what the buzz is all about. Find out more at www.sellinginaskirt.com. Now, your host, Judy Hoberman, on C-Suite Radio. You know, when you're just starting out, you want people to discover you and like you. You're willing to offer your services for a pittance or ask for nothing at all because you're so grateful for the opportunity to showcase your talents. But eventually, you have to put food in the refrigerator. The first couple of years that I was promoting myself as a sales trainer specializing in gender communications, I got plenty of buzz. Everywhere I was scheduled to speak, people were so excited to hear me. They had heard from others how amazing I was and how accessible I was and on and on and on. The information I was giving was relevant to them, and I was excited how my new career was progressing. Even people who had heard me before said they learned something new when I came back to speak to their group. I was relatable, and I was even funny, yet I wasn't monetizing my talks. I would talk about my book and have copies with me and even sold some here and there, but it wasn't generating revenue. I was giving a lot of bang for not much buck. A friend of mine who is a business consultant asks each of his clients, what keeps you up at night? And he follows it with, who helps you with that? So when I first launched my consulting venture, my concerns were very clear. I needed income. I kept thinking, if I'm as awesome as everyone says that I am, why am I not book solid for training and coaching and speaking? I give some pretty impressive information and break it down so that people can start implementing it right away. And I'm available to help solve their challenges. Well, eventually, I realized that I was too accessible. Of course, initially, I thought that being readily available was a great thing. Why wouldn't I want to respond to emails from potential clients or talk on the phone or have a brainstorming session together? I was everywhere and people liked to be around me. 
The problem was they could hear me share valuable insights and strategies without paying for it. And I had to ask myself, how do I change my behavior to be more of a businesswoman and less of a friend? That was not easy for me. So people also didn't realize how I made money. They thought I was just earning these big fees from public speaking or making huge royalties from my book or that I was independently wealthy. Whatever they thought, they assumed that I was ultra successful. Maybe I was still struggling to get my new business off the ground even after the first two years, but they didn't see that. Maybe it was the way I carried myself or the way I dressed, but the fact was I looked like a million bucks, but actually seemed to be keeping the money at bay. Again, I had to ask myself how to change my behavior. I needed to be more forthcoming about finances without telling anyone that my bank account was dwindling. So I started planting seeds in the talks about my work and my worth. For instance, I would tell a story about a client who had me on retainer, or I would talk about the fact that I was working with someone as their business coach. This way, people would hear and understand that I am compensated by being hired for a coach or training or speaking. This new approach started working immediately, and I knew I was onto something. I had to believe in my own value and worth, or no one else would. So one of the biggest investments I made in my business when I first started was hiring a PR agency to help with promotions. My public relations person was an Emmy award-winning reporter. He's all about getting you noticed and helping to market you, your brand, and your company. And there's plenty of ways to start even if you don't have funds. And he says if you can get news coverage, there's no reason not to have your name out there. And here are some of his ideas that might get your creative juices flowing. He said build rapport with reporters because you can never have too many friends in the media. And he said, use your expertise for free publicity. Everyone's an expert at something. So search some sites like harrow.com to be interviewed as a subject matter expert. And be available. Reporters will go back to the same sources over and over as long as they deliver. And maybe have someone write a press release because you can craft a headline that you can imagine reading in the paper and write the copy as if it was going to be read on air. Okay, so maybe PR is not your thing, but you have plenty of other grassroots marketing strategies that can promote your business and your brand. And here's a couple of tips. First, you can sponsor an event at your office. Invite potential clients and strategic partners to see what you're all about. I know sometimes we're not doing things in person. Invite them to a virtual event. How about creating electronic versions of your brochure so prospects are able to download all your materials instantly? Or how about, my favorite, identify walking ambassadors. Find a group of friends and colleagues who are willing to evangelize for your business. They'll tell everyone they meet about you so you can harness the power of referrals. And then giveaway information. Create an opt-in section on your website and offer free reports rather than a newsletter. This will help you build your list and get your name out as a valuable resource for timely information. See, I still go back to giving things away. I believe in that. So depending on which strategies you're using for self-promotion, you might even consider plotting everything on a marketing calendar. Maybe you're releasing a new product and plan to announce it using a press release prior to the launch. Maybe your book will be ready before an event and you can use social media to generate early buzz with event participants. And maybe you just want to shine a little light on your business by writing a blog post. When you use a calendar, you get to decide what kind of marketing you'll do and when it provides a great visual tool to help you get organized. Now there's one more side to all of this. How can you get noticed by the media? What if you can't do this by yourself? What if you need help to promote yourself and your business? What if you don't know where to begin? And what if you want an expert that can show you how it's done and how to do it? Well, hang on because my guest has lots of experience and will be sharing her brilliance in just a moment. But remember, your life is your message to the world, so make sure it's inspiring. We're gonna take a break to thank our sponsor, Walking on the Glass Floor. And when we come back, you're gonna hear from my guest who will share her thoughts about the media. This is Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman on C-Suite Radio, and we'll be right back. 
what happens after shattering the glass ceiling? You're now walking on the glass floor. Walking on the Glass Floor, Seven Essential Qualities for Women Who Lead is a timely and indispensable business guide for all women, whether you're moving out of a dorm room or moving into an executive suite. Introducing readers to the seven keys to success in business and life, Judy Hoberman brings her fresh voice, sales savvy, and thoughtful approach to each of the essential and most powerful leadership qualities. Written in her trademark no-nonsense, glass-half-full prose, Judy's blueprint for business teaches all women how to cultivate and strengthen key skills that will serve them in both business and life. Uncover amazing qualities they already possess that will help them lead and succeed and harness universal leadership qualities to continue reaching their full potential. By providing authentic real-life case studies and inspiring quotes throughout, Judy fills each page with the timely advice women need right now. Walking on the glass floor is like having Judy Hoberman sitting right next to you as your business mentor, personal life coach, and best friend all at the same time. You can order your own copy of the book at walkingontheglassfloor.com. Welcome back to Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman on C-Suite Radio. Okay, hang on. Hold on to your hats. Hold on to your chair. Whatever you need to do, but hold on because my guest, Annie Pace Granton, is here and she's ready to talk about media. She proudly started Pace Public Relations 10 years ago. Before forming Pace PR, she worked for eight years as a seasoned TV producer, booking from major networks such as CNN, Fox News, CNBC, MSNBC, and ABC. And since then, she's been leveraging this experience and expertise to grow her agency, where she focuses on getting her clients regular TV and media coverage on networks like CNBC, Fox News, HLN, MSNBC, Fox Business Network, Bloomberg TV, and so many others. Highlights of her client work include working with travel company Darling Away in their first two years of business, assisting with media relations efforts, and landing numerous tier one placements. She also spends time speaking at conferences like Hopper X One, New York City, Diggs South Tech Summit, and Startup Grind Global Conference, Inbound, and others on the topics of PR, women in business, and the importance of personal branding. In 2019, at the Women Impact Tech Conference, Annie was honored and humbled to introduce keynote. Ariana Huffington, who couldn't have been lovelier and had left an indelible mark on her. So, Annie, welcome to the show. I am super excited to have you here. Thank you for having me. Me too. Absolutely. So let's start with the discussion of the day. Getting your name out there in the media, what does that mean or look like to you? Well, to me, it means getting yourself featured in traditional media. So that's what my firm focuses on. And there's four buckets that we think of traditional media. So there's broadcast television, there's radio and podcasts, there's print, which means newspapers and magazines, and then there's digital. So really well-read websites like Business Insider, Huffington Post. And so when we think of getting yourself out there in the media, we think of landing an interview or a Q&A or a write-up in any one of those forums. Okay. So why is it so important to get noticed by the media? Can't we just like do this ourselves? <laughs> well, I mean, you have to do it yourself in order to even be considered by the media. So doing the work and making sure you have a successful business model and actually an interesting and compelling story to share is absolutely the entry fee to get featured in the media. But what we find with our clients is that Referrals and word of mouth can only go so far. And just by getting visibility in some of these 
really, really well-read publications or highly watched news programs just opens the door to so many more potential clients, customers. And it just also elevates you and your brand in a way that I don't think you can do on your own. If you're featured on CNN or in the Wall Street Journal, that's going to automatically raise your credibility and legitimacy to so many people, to most people. And that's really what I believe is a differentiator between doing a great job on your own, but then doing a great job and also being featured in the media. I totally agree. I was featured in Thrive Global as one of the seven women to watch for International Women's Day. And I have to tell you, I was humbled. I started to cry, of course, because I was so excited. And I sent it out everywhere. And when people say, oh my goodness, you were, I mean, that's Ariana Huffington's baby. I'm like, mm-hmm, yes. So when I saw that in your bio, I was like, oh, we have such a confidence. We have a parallel life here. I'm loving this. It just means so much. I mean, yeah. these are people and brands that many of us really look up to and find aspirational. And if you're lucky enough to be included in them, it just really helps to set you apart. It also, I think, gives you that little boost of confidence too, where you're like, okay, I was featured in these publications. I, I really am kicking butt at my job. I really am, you know, one of these seven women to watch. And I think it's, it's something that's a proud moment and that most people will be genuinely happy for you when you share it. Yes, most people. That's true. Okay. <laughs> so tell me, do you think that social media is considered media? It is media. I don't, do not consider it traditional media, mm -hmm. but it certainly is media. And media in the broader term can mean so many things, but in the broadest, simplest level, it's any way that you or your company is able to be external facing, to be, you know, putting yourself out there in the world. And all of us have social media. Anybody can have, you know, a Twitter, Instagram, what have you. And so what you put out there on those handles certainly is representative of your brand. And we all have public facing brands that dovetail in the media. So yeah, I, I would say it's part of the media for sure. So somebody said something to me recently. They said that when a company or a publication decides to feature you, they do look at social media to see how many followers you have. But people buy followers. It's not like, I mean, there are companies that absolutely positively have millions of followers, but there are people that also buy them and they're not really followers. So what's the difference if you are a big publication and you were looking, because even colleges look at their kids, you know, that they're bringing in to see what they're doing as well. But if you were going to be featured in a publication and they looked at you and you only had, you know, a couple of hundred followers, would they change their mind? I think that it makes it an easier sell to get mm. into one of those publications if you have a larger following. But I don't see it as a barrier to entry in the media. Where I see it actually being a bit of an issue is for some of our clients who are looking to publish books or perhaps land speaking engagements. Those are really areas where like the publishing world, for example, is not what it used to be from, you know, five, 10 years ago. And so it's very hard now for books to make money. So when a publisher is thinking about it, taking on a new project, they don't want to take on a new author who has 15 followers because they need that author to have a built-in audience mm -hmm. where he or she will be able to sell the book. But in terms of traditional media, that's not true. 
we have gotten clients featured who've, who've had very, very few social media followings, but they of course have a really reputable, well-established brand and company. So they have a sort of other things going for them. Well, they also have you. So that's, <laughs> that's another whole feature. Tell me something. Do you think that your personal brand is as important as your business brand? 100%. Absolutely. I think that increasingly there is just less and less differentiation between the company and the person running the brand or the founder of the company. We all sort of look at founders and CEOs of our favorite products and brands as like the people we follow on Instagram, you know, or on LinkedIn. And so they're kind of one in the same. And I think that the personal brand for an entrepreneur, for a thought leader, for a C-suite executive is as important because many times individuals will look towards the information that they're putting out there, whether it's on their social or in traditional media publications or outlets, as a way to find inspiration and as a way to find advice, perhaps in their own career or their own entrepreneurial journey. Whereas the brand is, you know, you're looking at it because you want to know what new offerings they have, what new products you're interested in knowing what their, you know, CSR initiatives are. So I think that they're very different, but I would argue just as important. Okay. So here's a question. So I've been on Fox Business Radio many, many times. There'd be a topic about women and I would be on coast to coast about the same story. And I could have 20 different stations that have pulled me in. But there was one station in particular that we always had this great conversation. And now, six years later, I'm a monthly business guest and we have a topic that we talk about every single month for six years. And he knows I'll show up and he knows I'm going to give him background about the topic or talking points or whatever. But what's the secret to getting asked back multiple times as a guest on TV or the radio for your clients? I mean, what do you say to them and say, make sure you do this because they're going to want you back over and over again? Well, you have to give a fantastic interview. And that means a couple of different things. The first part is sort of the quote unquote performance element. Telegenic is a word that producers use often for TV. They want somebody who's going to sort of pop on screen, who's going to have really high energy and who's going to just provide an entertaining interview, even if it's a very dry segment on the new tax law or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so we encourage most of our clients to undergo some media training prior to going on broadcast television interviews, particularly if it's the first time that they're going on. The second aspect is that you have to be prepared. And so that's part of our job is making sure that when we can, we can provide some context and color as to where the host is going to go in the conversation. So that way we can prep our guests and prepare them with various research to read through prior to the interview. And then I would say, lastly, it's so important to just remember to be engaged in the interview and answer the questions that you are being asked. And don't worry about promoting your own agenda or your own brand or your own product. That's going to make you seem as you're really being too pushy, like you're trying to make it a commercial for your company or your brand. And that's going to be a surefire way to not be asked back. That's where sort of the balancing act of a PR agent comes in is because we want to make sure that we're making the producers happy and we're also keeping our clients happy. 
usually they'll ask a question at the end about sort of what your new product or initiative is. So that way you as the client can feel happy and satisfied that you're getting your point across. But if you, you know, really don't be engaged and high energy and enthusiastic and prepared, smart answers, you're not going to get asked back or it'll be very challenging at the very least. Absolutely. So you are the person that gets the connection between your client and the media. I'm sure that a lot of it's based on relationships. So how do you keep Pace Public Relations relevant? I mean, because there's so many things that are changing. So how do you do that for yourself and your company? So therefore, it trickles down to your clients. I feel like I do a million different things every single day. And all of it is exactly what you just said to stay relevant and sort of top of mind with the producers. I'm really fortunate because I worked at all the various TV networks before I started my company. So I have very close friends and personal relationships with a lot of folks who are still producers and journalists. That's really one key element, I think, of being able, particularly in television, of getting yourself booked is having those relationships but I still have to work at it all of the time. You know, I'm following various producers on all forms of social media and commenting and interacting. I am watching their shows. So that way I can know what are the recent segments they're doing, you know, and how can we potentially fit our clients in? We pitch our clients basically every single day, but we have to be really, really careful about making sure we're pitching segment ideas that are very germane and relevant to what that particular show and network is interested in covering at the moment. And then I do a fair amount of promotion of my company on our own social media, in newsletters, in doing various speaking engagements, et cetera. And I think all of it is really just like a cumulative effect of doing all of these things. And by doing so, It not only allows me to just have more possibility for interviews with clients, but it opens the door for new clients and new partnerships for my company as well. Okay. So I, again, you know, I, I talk to lots of people and, you know, whether it's on the radio or whether it's speaking, but a lot of men will tell me that there's a shortage of female speakers. There's a shortage of female guests on media. Do you find that's true or do you think it's not really something that you're overly concerned about or anything, but a lot of people are saying that they need more women in these different fields or different areas. I think that we always need more women and more people of color in the media, certainly. I think that from my experience, every single network and show that I'm in close contact with is making it more of a priority. So that's fantastic. But things don't change overnight drastically. I think where We need more women and more people of color in the media in particular is on some of the financial and business networks. When you tune into any one of the financial networks, it's a lot of quote unquote old white guys. Mm -hmm. And these are the people that have experience, you know, and that have been sort of the trusted guests and commentators for these networks over decades for some of them. But it's very important to have that diversity on the air and we do need more of it, but I do see that sort of shift happening. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so what role does authenticity play in the media? (laughs) Well, from the context of how I sort of coach my clients, you have to be 100% authentic. If you're not, 
it's going to come off as disingenuous and you're just ultimately not going to be happy with the interview. And it's not really going to, I think, lead towards your ultimate goals. So authenticity is absolutely everything. I think the reason why I'll use Fox News as an example, I think the reason why Hannity, let's say, for example, is so popular is because I think he's genuinely being really authentic. I think he really, truly is believing a lot of what he says, and he's very persuasive when he's doing so. The absolute same is true on the other side for someone like uh, Rachel Maddow. Mm -hmm. And they're being very authentic and genuine to who they are. They have sort of different goals in mind, and they want different outcomes, and that's fine, but they're being authentic. But of course, that can be a whole different discussion of authenticity and, <laughs> yeah. you know, and whether or not we're having, you know, some fairness in, in what's being reported. Yeah, true. Okay. So do you think that there's a one size fits all media program for businesses? Or do you think it's different for every single business that comes to you and asks for help in media coverage? It's certainly specific to each and every client, but there are a group of media outlets that we immediately think of for almost all of our business clients. Some of them that come to mind are outlets like Fast Company, Entrepreneur, Inc., Business Insider, Forbes, Fortune. And then on the broadcast side, there's Bloomberg, CNBC, Yahoo Finance, Fox Business, and of course, the Wall Street Journal, the Times, et cetera. So there's always that sort of core group, you know, of tier one, really well-read, well-respected media outlets. But then every single business has their own respective trade publications, local publications, or there's going to be something specific about their industry that we can use and sort of create a pitch that's going to be really interesting to perhaps a publication that's not super focused on business, like perhaps a Thrive Global or a Huffington Post, you know, but that we can sort of find a touch point within the organization that's going to resonate with the reader. And that could turn out to be a great placement for that client. Amazing. So how can our listeners get connected with you? Because I think that most businesses should have a marketing piece program. And I think they should all have a media whether it's a program, whether it's, you know, something just to get them started or whether to have somebody on their, I want to say their payroll, but not necessarily their payroll you know, on, <laughs> right. the on the retainer. So where can people find you? Well, our website is pacepubliclations.com. You can find me on Twitter at Annie Scranton. I'm on LinkedIn under Annie Scranton. Or just drop me a note through our website. And I'd love to connect with every single one of you who's listening and offer any advice or potentially work with any of you, because I agree with you. If at some point, every business and brand needs to kind of take it to the next level in terms of their media and PR outreach, and you can't really do it alone. Absolutely. I agree. Well, Annie, I want to thank you so much for sharing the mic with me. You are a wealth of knowledge and very personable. And I would say if somebody's going to look for PR, they should be looking at Annie. Well, that is a ringing endorsement. Thank you. <laughs> you are very welcome. And I want to leave everyone with this quote by Bill Gates. He said, if I was down to my last dollar, I would spend it on public relations. I thank you all for listening to our discussion where we share some extraordinary guests, some ideas for your business and ways to stand out as the amazing women that you are. Now make sure you stay connected with us. And remember, women want to be treated equally, not identically. Until next time, this is Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman on C-Suite Radio.
Like what you just heard? Visit c-suiteradio.com. C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.